Let's see what Khalil Gibran has to say. From the awakened soul. Is there greater fault than being conscious of the other person's faults? <laughs> Learning nourishes the seed, but it gives you no seed of its own. I once heard a learned man say, Every evil has its remedy except folly. To reprimand an obstinate fool or to preach to a dolt is like writing upon the water. <laughs> He's got a way with words, doesn't he? <laughs> All right. So, I guess I'll share first, since I have the microphone. <laughs> Always remember that meditation is the key. It's always the key. And also remember that you can meditate all day long. Yes, we want to give that time of devotion and one-pointed focus where we close our eyes, go within, and really spend time in communion with God. We want to do that. The original law of tithing, give 10% of the day to God. So take that time, that two hours and 24 minutes, take that time daily because that is the key to fulfillment. That's the key to the fulfillment in everything because in loving all things are fulfilled. But once you get up from that meditative action, don't just close the door because in meditation we are opening the door and we want to keep the door open. So remember to do that. So when you get up from meditation, don't just walk away from the loving, but walk in loving, because as we open the door in meditation, we let the loving in. But then what do we do to keep living that loving once we move forward with the day? How can we keep the meditation going? Often it's been referred to as becoming a living prayer. Or as we like to say here, being the living meditation. And what does that boil down to? Keeping our eyes on God. God first and God only. In all things. Okay, Brian, that sounds nice. I hear what you're saying. But what I'm doing today, I've got to focus on these physical things I have to do, right? Well, yeah, we have that physical focus. But also remember, we are multidimensional beings. The soul and its awareness is ever aware and present to all things. Because what is God but all things? And the soul's oneness of God is awareness of all things. So even if you may not have that awareness and this physical consciousness at the moment, maybe you can take that idea or premises to begin to apply it in your daily life knowing that as you go into meditation, you're awakening to the oneness of all things, you the soul that is one. But then how can you begin to live that oneness? How can you keep moving forward in the day? And that's the action of now becoming to live in meditation. Just like in here, when we do the guided meditation, all the time now, even when I ask us to come more present back into the physical consciousness at the seat of the soul, what do I always say? And stay centered, stay focused. Maintain that inner awareness even as you open your eyes. 
because that's an inner action, regardless of the physical body, regardless that the eyes are opened or closed, because this action of spirit has nothing to do with the physical. The only thing the physical has to do is give a vehicle of experience for the soul to have experience here. But it's so simple that we, the soul that is having the experience, that if we are to awaken to the divine, all we have to do is keep being attentive to the divine, even as we're having the physical experience. And so in this, as you move forward and get up from the meditation, whether you're sitting down, laying down, standing up, however you're doing it, remember that. Move slowly at first. Because sometimes when we come more present back into the physical body and the physical consciousness, sometimes it can seem kind of jolting or jarring and a little bit abrupt or rough because that awareness of spirit is often so gentle, so loving, so soft and peaceful that it can be often the experience of the opposite in the physical body where it can be so rough or hard and challenging. But we can begin to allow that softness to permeate through the physical consciousness. Yes, the physical is never going to become spirit. But yet, if we allow ourselves to live more of the spirit in the physical, then we're going to be living more of the spirit rather than living the physical. Making sense? So what am I saying? It's where we give our attention. So as we give more attention to the divine, to that living, loving essence of who we are, then that is what we will be living even in our daily lives. In the ordinary day-to-day chores or activities or duties, whatever you want to call them that we are doing in the world, we can begin to bring with us that greater softness and presence of spirit so that in that, the world will even begin to take on the appearance of more that lightness of spirit because that's where we're choosing to live from and in. And it's all about attention. What are we doing in meditation? We're giving our attention to God, to the soul, to loving, to spirit. And we can do that all the time, not just during the dedicated time of meditation, but to keep that focus and remind ourselves constantly when we find ourselves getting caught up in that down and out focus, even when we are focused on a physical activity, to always remember to hold an awareness, attention, up here at the seat of the soul. Remember, as we say the seat of the soul, what is that? Just the physical reference point to where the soul resides in this physical consciousness, but that's not what we're holding our attention on. We're holding our attention on the soul itself. But this is where we go as a physical reference to where that spiritual presence resides. And so as we go there, we live there, we breathe there, we experience from there, then we begin to allow that divine presence to live in us and through us, transforming us from the inside out. From the inside out. Remember that. 
Because often what do we do? We often ask God, the divine, the presence of spirit to come into the outer, don't we? We're always asking God to transform our outer lives because there's things we don't like. So we want to change that. But if we can remember that spirit is lived within, and if we begin to truly live more within in which the spirit dwells, that's where we're going to begin to see the transformation of which we're truly seeking even in our outer lives. Because truly, the physical doesn't transform. Only the inner consciousness. The physical is always going to be whatever it is. Yes, it's always changing. Yes, we could say it, it does transform because it has the appearances. You know that wonderful little phrase, the only thing permanent is change. That's right, it's always changing. There's a permanence. But the true permanence is the divine. That never changes. But yet is always in motion, always in expression, always in action. So we often experience it as transformation, that even spirit we think is not permanent or perfect is sometimes used. But because in the experience we're having here, we're more aware of the changes in the mind, the emotions, and the body. And so we think that spirit is transforming all that. I was almost going to say think about this, but don't think about it. Awaken to it. Isn't it interesting when we begin to see things as transformative or changing that we often think, yes, it's spirit doing it, it's God doing it. Is it? Or are we just simply living more from spirit and witnessing the greater action of spirit and living in that perception so things look different, things sound different? Is this starting to make a little bit of sense? So what's really changing? What's really transforming? Is it us? This mental, emotional, physical consciousness? Or are we simply awakening to the greater truth of the divine? And in that, we begin to see and experience differently than when we live more from this physical consciousness. God first, God only. See loving in all things. Love all things. See the divine within all. Right? We have all these wonderful little sayings. But how do we do that? Well, that's what I'm talking about. To be able to see the divine, to be able to love all things. We've got to come from that place of loving. We've got to move into and live the loving in order to see the loving in all things. So I say once again, what truly transforms or is it us within ourselves simply letting go of that down and out focus and moving inwards and upwards, becoming more awake and aware of that truth of spirit? And from there, we see the perfection, the greater permanence. 
and realize the imperfection or the impermanence of this physical material creation. And from that place, all things can be perceived in that greater knowing of the truth. And the wonderful thing is, when we begin to move and live more from this place of our divinity, sometimes the mind goes, hey, I'm getting liberated. My karmas are getting complete. I'm getting free. Yes, that's true. But if you think about what I'm just saying now, did you really even have the karmas? Were you even stuck to begin with? Or were you simply focused down and out, believing you were trapped and in bondage to this world of the mind and emotions and the body? Or were you always free, but you just didn't realize it or remember? You've forgotten. But in meditation, in focusing, God first, God only, looking for loving in all things, we remind ourselves and we begin to move back into the truth of who we are that is free, always has, always will be. A lot of this journey is simply, once again, I don't want to just say learning or remembering, but simply awakening, once again, to that truth of who we are. And in that truth of who we are, there is automatically the freedom, the liberation, the awakening and the knowing that we've always been of spirit. In truth, we never were part of the physical creation. We were simply moving into and through, having experience. And part of that experience is the appearance of being entrapped, encumbered, caught up in and attached to. That's what we call karma. The unlearned lessons. How do we learn? Through experience. So the soul is simply having experience. But we often have called that experience bondage, all the negatives, the evils, the karmas. I always like to say karma's gotten such a bad rap because we associate it being negative all the time. But all this is experience that the soul is having on its journey, its journey of life. In the mind, the emotions, the imagination, the body, the unconscious, the subconscious, all that stuff is simply a part of the soul's journey of its life. Simply an experience. Freely chosen into. Freely. Freedom of choice. Isn't it amazing? We the soul chose or choose to come into this realm of time and space to have this experience of forgetfulness, of darkness, of separation. But in truth, there is no separation. It's just the experience of separation. The great mirror of imperfection. The smoke and mirrors, as it's often called. Just an experience. And sometimes it's a lot of fun. I remember the good old days when things were a lot of fun. Then you start to wake up and realize, oh my God, this is all an illusion I've been living. Then you go through the hells and go, oh my God, and I'm so depressed. I've been all caught up and going through hell with all this. And then all of a sudden, as that goes on for a while, we begin to realize 
what I'm saying now. Why be depressed? Why feel like I'm caught up and in bondage? When in truth, I've always been free and I've simply made choices and I've experienced my choices. And now I can make new choices and have new experiences. Simply moving from one experience to another. Just as we chose to come into this physical material world, we can also choose now to move back into the spiritual Simply choosing. But also remember in this creation, it is one of making a choice over and over. Repetition. That's how things work. That's how we learn through experience, through repetition over and over. So we have to keep making the choice. Sometimes we call that positive affirmations, reprogramming, phasing in one thing and phasing out another. Sometimes we use forgiveness to help us phase out the old stuff. We use loving to phase in the new stuff, reprogram, relearn, reeducate, whatever you call it. It's a simple action of making new choices over and over. And that's all it is. The hard part is being patient for all that to take place, for things to transform. Oh, did I just say transform when I just talked about it earlier being different? Well, maybe if we look at the word transform, hmm, that's interesting. Transit of the form. Oh, one form transitioning to another form? Now that's interesting. Never really thought of the word that way. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? to move from one form of expression to another, to move from one form of experience to another, simply by choosing over and over and over and realizing, hey, we're in the realm of time and space, so guess what comes with the realm of time and space? Things take time over space for that form to transition from one to another. So if we can just relax and be patient, and accept how the process works, we begin to now begin to experience that greater gentleness and softness of spirit that I was talking about earlier and how we can allow that to move into and through our consciousness, even in this physical level, to begin to see, to perceive, and to experience our experience here even differently. Simply a way to allow that loving into the physical consciousness to have that transformative type of experience. And then when it happens, because we finally make the choice, we finally open and allow it to take place, that we go, oh my God, God, it's miraculous. It's magic. It's awesome. It is. Because when we wake up and know the truth of the divine, it is full of awe. It is awesome. That is one of the actions that the soul will experience as it sees the greater truth of loving. It will move into a state of awe. And in that state of awe, 
is where we really wake up and know our greater oneness. That place of loving that is so full that literally in our own soul we find ourselves having tears of joy of that loving oneness once again reuniting and knowing the truth of that rather than just the fantasy of it or the hope or the wish or even just believing someday maybe but truly experiencing the awesomeness that's the journey we're on here and that's all we're seeking to do it is magical it is miraculous and at the same time, it is so ordinary and simple, but it's amazing and so magical and miraculous how ordinary and simple it is. And then we wake up and realize the greater perfection of how it's been unfolding all along. We just didn't realize it. We judged it. We feared it. We had our expectations. We tried to control it and manipulate it. We said, Daw, to heck with it, forget it. We go through all those experiences because why? Because those experiences are all part of this creation that we have chosen to come into experience. So allow yourself to have the experience. Because guess what? As soon as you open up and allow. Well, where are you? In a state of acceptance. And guess what comes with acceptance? Freedom. Because when we are not running attachments and fears and judgments and expectations, then we're living the freedom. And then the experiences unfold because we are offering no resistance to the process of the soul's experience. It's when we judge and fear and expect and all that other fun stuff that we get in the way of the greater experience. So do we think, what do we often do with that? Oh man, when am I ever going to get it right? Why am I always screwing this up? Well, guess what? Maybe you're not screwing it up. Maybe you're getting it perfectly right by having the experience of being upset and judging yourself and fearing the process. What if that is doing it right? Because what if that's part of the experience here we're meant to have? And if we hold back and don't allow it, all we do is delay it. But what if delaying it is part of the process and experience we're to have too? Maybe that's why we even have that experience. Oh my God, I'm going crazy. Oh my God, going crazy. It's part of the experience, isn't it? All right, let's go mad. I know, it sounds crazy. But we often resist it. The funny thing is, when we let go of the resistance, that crazy mad world out there, right? All of a sudden drops away. And how does that drop away? Because when we finally let go of the resistance... We move back into the very center of our beingness. I often like to liken it to a tornado. We're often caught up in the whirlwind of the tornado, but what's always at the center of the tornado? The I. Oh, the I am. 
That's right. At the very center is that place of peace and stillness, the eye of the tornado or the eye of the hurricane. And we get there by letting go, by giving it up to God, because by doing that, we offer no resistance. In other words, what? No attachment. Oh, isn't the path to spiritual liberation one of detachment? Oh, okay. So let me detach. And automatically as we let go, the very nature of the soul is to come back into itself. So we automatically start to come back into that center of that divinity where the I am is, where it resides and always does. And all we've simply done is projected from the center into the tornado to have the experience of that whirlwind, that craziness of the world. And isn't it funny? Even a tornado has a spiraling action. Well, guess what often is the journey of the soul from the realm of spirit down into creation? It is a spiraling action that the soul moves upon to have experience. And on that down and out phase, well, think about it, down and out on the spiral, the soul will move out to the outer rim of the spiral to have the outer experience. But once it's time for the soul now and it chooses to now move back into spirit, it begins to move inwards and upwards. So it moves to the inner rim of that spiral and back upwards, back to the source. Very simple. That's spiraling. Isn't it funny? Even in nature, we see these tornadoes and hurricanes but yet at the very center is the eye of the storm, the place of peace. And that's often how we experience in this physical consciousness. And as we come into the soul consciousness, back into the middle of the eye of the hurricane or tornado. The funny thing is, we're so conditioned in this world to work at things, to make it happen. So we push but that's the way of the world. The way of spirit is like the opposite. It's more of a letting go, of allowing. Because as we let go and allow, automatically we come to the center. We cannot push our way to the center because that is not the nature of spirit. So we have to let go of the nature of the world and the ego and then allow ourselves to come back into the true nature of the soul. Amazing process. And here's the simple action of it all. How do we do that? Well, there's a wonderful phrase, let go and let God. So we let go of all the outer push, the outer focus. Often we call those distractions. And we let God. Well, how do we let God? Well, you come back to center, right? But how do you come back to center? the action of meditation. So as we come back to the practice of meditation is how we come back to the God that is in the center. That's why we meditate upon the name of God because in meditating upon that name, we come to what that is, God itself. Are we calling out for God or are we calling in for God? We're going to do all of it. Just know that in that, in that sacred name you've been given, in this action of initiation, 
is the very living, loving essence of God itself. So by chanting, calling, saying, singing that name within, we come into that very divine, living, loving essence that is the Lord itself. Because guess who we are? We are the divine, living, loving essence that God is. And it always brings itself back to itself. 